Hey, welcome in everybody to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Hey, you can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bono's Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bono's Show. You'll find it there. And you can email us at CoachBonosShow at gmail.com. This is episode 48. Now, usually we are recording at the O'Connor Advisory Group studios. You can always check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. But this week, we are on the road. We're in Denver. And uh, here for episode 48, we're going to be uh, just, I'm going to be doing a little Coach Bono's rants on Baseball Hall of Fame today. Uh, here from my lovely hotel room here in downtown Denver, Colorado. Uh, just a little behind the scenes. I'm here on a conference for a few days and I'm uh, going to spend a couple extra days. Going to actually be recording our point five pod later in the week in person with Ellen, uh, who's always with us from the point five and Uncle Rico. We're going to have a little uh, larger point five than we normally do. So look for that coming up on Friday. In the meantime, uh, I'm going to jump in here. Just going to be just me today and just kind of talking. I thought, you know, there's a lot going on and I want to get into a lot of that stuff uh, later in the week with Ellen. And then Hayden Fallick's going to come in uh, either this, either on the point five or on next um, next or the next Monday podcast, talk all things wrestling. There's so much stuff in the world of wrestling to catch up on. And he and I are working out our schedules now to get that going. Uh, we're going to catch up, and I want to do that. I want to hold off on that and bring in Hayden because we really do um, – he has, he has some great insight on things in that area. Like I said earlier, what I want to talk about primarily today as we're recording this Sunday night is baseball just had its inductions for the Hall of Fame class of 2022, headlined by a Big Poppy, David Ortiz. And it included Tony Oliva, Jim Cott, Bud Fowler, Gil Hodges, Minnie Minoso, and Buck O'Neill. And I'm going to talk about each of them real quick here. I'm just going to kind of do a little bit on each of the um, each of the inductees for the 2022 class is I think that this is going to show what the Baseball Hall of Fame is doing right. Uh, first off, you know, obviously the class is headlined by David Ortiz, uh, Big Poppy, and if you know me, you know I'm a huge Big Poppy fan. I am a Red Sox fan, and have had the opportunity to meet David Ortiz. I got to meet him earlier in the year. Big Poppy is my wife's favorite ball player, um, my favorite, her favorite Red Sox, and just absolutely, she enjoyed meeting him as well. And um, we actually were trying to go to the induction ceremony this year. Unfortunately, I had this conference I had to come to and could not get away. So, uh, missed out on doing that, but I'm sure we'll catch up and do something soon. Um, but with Big Poppy, I want to talk about him because it's really the second time a player who it was primarily a DH, in David Ortiz's case, he was almost exclusively a DH, was elected to the Hall of Fame. Uh, in the past, that had been a little bit of a faux pas that uh, Edgar Martinez kind of broke a few years ago. And he you know, played in the outfield, played a little first base as well. But Edgar Martinez was kind of the first guy who was a DH primarily for his career and, joined the, and was voted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, David Ortiz... First year on the ballot, gets the 75%, gets in. I guess the only thing that I think maybe 
was any kind of controversy is that David Ortiz's name is one of the names that was in the Mitchell report, but it didn't seem to get held against him at all as he's never tested positive for any PEDs during those programs during his career. There was just the mention of it, and uh, it never really has affected him. As opposed to someone like Alex Rodriguez, who personally I think is a Hall of Famer. I think he's one of the greatest players I've ever seen, but didn't get into the Hall of Fame this year on his first ballot. And I'm not sure he's going to the next couple of years. But uh, let's talk about Big Poppy for a few minutes. Um, there's some really cool stuff with Big Poppy. Obviously, obviously, you know, modern day, I think he in the modern day, the you know, the last 20 years. I think he's been one of the two faces of baseball. I think him and Derek Jeter, you can argue, have been the two biggest names in this century, really since 2000. And in Big Poppy's case, he is the one, I think, that embodies the kind of takeover that the Red Sox had. You know, the kind of the Red Sox in 2004 broke the curse of the Bambino, won the World Series, beat the Yankees uh, four games in a row to get there in the ALCS. And Big Poppy was the guy. He was the guy that said it was, he was almost like he was bigger than the team in a way. He was the guy that said, hey, get on my back. Let's go. There's never been a better clutch game hitter than Big Poppy, than, than David Ortiz. Never. Not Jeter, not... There's nobody. There's nobody in a big game who has brought his team in, and whether it's through a home run, a double, driving in runs, whatever it is, the moment was never too big for David Ortiz. And, you know, he was part of uh, three world championships with the Red Sox. And uh, in 2018, he was kind of like an honorary member of that team. Uh, that was the year after he retired. And a lot of the guys on that team said, hey, it was Big Poppy's leadership the year before that kind of prepared that team to win and propel them. That's the team that was, you know, Mookie Betts had become an MVP. And a lot of those guys who played with him will tell you that he's the guy that helped them all step up. So I... I can't say enough accolades. I can't give enough flowers to David Ortiz. The guy deserves everything he's ever gotten. Super dude. He's a guy, if you see him now on Fox, he's just, you can't help but be infectious by his personality. It's just, it makes you feel positive. He has this great way about him. I will tell a story. Back in March, I was at a sports memorabilia show. As most folks know, I'm a big sports memorabilia collector. And my wife and I decided we were going to go to this show, and David Ortiz was making up an appearance. Now, of course, I had to get a couple things autographed for my collection, but at the same time, we did a thing where I surprised my wife, and it was for her birthday coming up in a couple of weeks, where you could you pay a little bit and you get to go take a picture with them. And I didn't tell her about it till a few days before, and I said, "Hey, when we go to this thing." You might want to dress up for this because you're going to get to meet David Ortiz and take a picture. And she was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So we get in line, and we're and, and she's like a little girl. I mean, this is a 40, a 45-year-old woman, and she's like a little girl waiting to meet big, big, big Poppy. And so they take her through the curtained area. We walk in there, and she just she's so happy. There's Big Poppy, and Big Poppy is just larger than life in person. 
I mean, he's a big man. He's six foot three. He's probably 275, if I had to guess. And the first thing she says is, Oh my God, Big Poppy, can I give you a hug? And he goes, Of course you can. And he gives her a big old bear hug and she hugs him. And you could just feel the energy that Big Poppy has. And it's it's infectious. It infected everybody in that room. Um, we got to see him in that few moments, not just with us for a couple of minutes, but uh, Mariano Rivera came in with a bunch of his friends and family. And Mariano Rivera was like, oh my God, Big Poppy is my man, you know, this and that. To see other Hall of Fame level players and their families excited because he's in the room. It, it's the most infectious thing I've ever seen. And so I couldn't be happier for Big Poppy, uh, David Ortiz. And, and I got to see the speech a little bit late this evening. Um, you know, he's he's great. I, if you don't like Big Poppy, there's something wrong with you, not something wrong with him. So congratulations to David Ortiz headlining the class of 2022. Now, this class was pretty great. Um you know, baseball does its it, baseball has done a terrific job. The Hall of Fame, I should say, let's keep in mind the Hall of Fame is not Major League Baseball. The Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, is its own entity. And I do love what they're doing now. How this traditionally works is a player retires, they've got they have to wait five years, and they go on the ballot. The ballot is then voted on by hundreds of writers, baseball writers, well, Baseball Writers Association, former Hall of, uh, members of the Hall of Fame, and a few other dignitaries they have in there. You must receive 75% of the ballots. The ballots, you can only vote for 10 players. And if a player is listed on 75 ballots, 75% of the ballots, they are elected. You can only be on the ballot for 15 years. And if you drop below a certain percent, I believe that percentage is a couple percent, you fall off the ballot. So this year, only David Ortiz was elected. But then a few years ago, I think it was three or four years ago, it's been longer than that, maybe four or five years ago, the Hall of Fame came up with what they call the committees. Now, they used to be the Veterans Committee, where they would take players who maybe had been 20 years past since they'd been on the ballot, and you would see players then get voted in, a lot of old-timer players. And a lot of times, unfortunately, those players were posthumously elected. Or they would be much, much older. And instead, that was and that was decided just by a smaller group. So the Hall of Fame decided a few years ago to split this into committees. And these committees are members of the hall of fame only only players in the hall of fame may vote in a committee and they they have it's 16 players and they're presented a ballot for their committee and they can elect up to a few they can you can only place four you can only vote for four people and you must get 75 percent of the vote to get in well, they have the Golden Days, the Early Baseball Committee, the, the, the um, Modern Day Committee, and there's two of them vote each year. Now, this year for the Class of 22, there was two different generations voted. There was the Golden Days 
in the early baseball era committees. So this is where the other six inductees come from. The early baseball era um, voted in uh, Bud Fowler and Buck O'Neill. Um, also Gil Hodges. Tony Oliva and Jim Cott were, in voted, were voted in by the Golden Days Committee. And I'm thrilled for Jim Cott. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled for all these guys, but I'm thrilled for Jim Cott because he's one of the guys who was not posthumously uh, um, um, inducted. He got to be there today. He's 83 years old. This is a guy who pitched for 25 years in the majors. He was incredible. Um, he was a guy that probably should have been in the Hall of Fame for years, and, and he wasn't. And what I think for a, a generation like my age, and maybe a little bit older, really know Jim Cott from his broadcasting days. Uh, he was on NBC. He was on a couple other places. Um, did lots of the World Series back in the 80s and the early 90s. And most recently, he's been on MLB Network with Bob Costas up until this past season. And just a great historian, just a great guy to kind of um, lead baseball into a new era as far as being able to tell those old stories. And one of Jim Cott's biggest things was he's a 16-time gold glover. There's only one player in Major League Baseball history who has more gold gloves than Jim Cott, and that's Greg Maddox. So I, I think this is a guy who, I mean, he deserved it. He deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm happy for him. Uh, his contributions to the game have been huge. And uh, you know, take a moment, tip your hat to Jim Cott, and to say thank you for what he's given to the game. Going to take a quick moment here. I want to talk about one of our great sponsors here on the Coach Bono's podcast, and that is Gold Belly. If you're not familiar with Gold Belly, Gold Belly is your best way of going online and getting really any sort of restaurant type of food, anything you can think of, you can find on Gold Belly. They've been a great longtime sponsor of us here at the Coach Bono's podcast right now. Gold Belly has the Duff Goldman cake sale still going on. We're coming up to the end of July here. The Duck, uh, Duck Goldman cake sale is still going on. And now the newest drop coming August the 1st is The Rock, Dwayne Johnson's favorite French toast. I know I talked about that last week, and it's phenomenal. If you haven't seen it yet, it's this big, thick brioche bread uh, French toast with peanut butter and coconut sprinkles. All sorts of good stuff there. Right now, you can use the link in our show notes. Get $25 off your first order of $50 or more on Gold Belly. Don't forget, you can also get up to 35% off on the on the Duff Goldman cake sale. That is, so if you're a Charm City Cakes person, you've seen the show in the past, check that out. Check out Gold Belly. We appreciate them sponsoring the show. Check out the link in the show notes. And enjoy. Thank you, Gold Belly, for what you're doing for us. Now, getting back to our conversation on the inductees this year, the next one I'm going to talk about is someone who's not well known. Uh, this is someone who was elected from the early days committee, and that's Bud Fowler. Um, Bud Fowler is, it's funny, he's the first person that is from Cooperstown, New York to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. 
Um, Bud Fowler is the first known uh, African-American to play professional baseball. This would have been like, it was like 1891. Uh, he was played in that era, uh, actually debuted in 1878 as I see it now. And uh, he was one of those, one of the first great players and one of the first great people to cross over as an African-American into sports. I mean, think about that, 1878, through rampant racism. And he bounced around from team to team, and and that was because of a lot of what society was, You're kind of running people off and that sort of thing. But he was the visionary that helped form the idea of the Negro Leagues. He was one of the guys that later in life, long after he's retiring, says, hey, there is a um, there is a culture of baseball that we see in the African American community, and that's where the Negro Leagues came from. That idea of the players were who were just as good as anybody in the majors. These players could play, and they could play in their own league, where they wouldn't be run off from town to town, and it was such a big deal. So. Um, being one of the first guys to come in, play ball, and then to be so instrumental in the idea decades later of the Negro Leagues. Congratulations to Bud Fowler. But Fowler, I'm sorry. And just everything that he has done. The next one inducted by one of the committees was Minnie Minoso. And Minnie Minoso is a 13-time All-Star. He was both known for his years with the White Sox. And one of the first Cuban-born players. Uh, to really be a big time, um, be a big time player in Major League Baseball, he started his career in 1947 in the Negro Leagues, and then a couple of years later debuted in the American League, playing for the White Sox. He was the one who first to integrate the White Sox. The cool thing of Minnie Minoso again is someone who he actually played. His career from the late 40s, from 49 to 64, um, then retired. He actually coached in Mexico and in a few other different leagues. Came back, and in 1974 and again in 1980, made appearances on the big club with the Chicago White Sox. Becoming the first Hall of Famer to appear in Major League games in five decades. Pretty outstanding accomplishment. He is someone who, I mean, just he, he gave a lot of credence to players that were internationally born, Cuban American players. Um, you know, in, in his case, he is um, Cuban and Dominican as well. And we're seeing a lot of that flavor this year. You're going to see a lot of that in this year's class with Big Poppy, Minnie Minoso, and the next gentleman we're going to talk about, which is Tony Oliva. Tony Oliva was one of the great hitters of the 1960s and 70s. Um, Minnesota Twins, the majority of his career, um, he's a former. He's a he was a Cuban-born player, and when he's the Rookie of the Year in 1964, eight-time All-Star, led the American League and hits five times. Um, just a fantastic, fantastic hitter, and finally got the the recognized the recognition he really deserves and to get in. One of the great, great, great hitters of the 60s and 70s. And so happy for 
Tony Oliva to finally get in. The next player we're going to talk about getting in this year was Gil Hodges. Now, Gil Hodges, if you want to describe Gil Hodges in one word, it's simply winner. This guy won with the Dodgers in Brooklyn. He won his, he won a, he won the World Series twice. He won the World Series as the manager of the 69 Mets. Uh, if you know how big that was, the Miracle Mets, he was the manager. Um, eight-time All-Star, played 18 years at first base. This guy, if you will look at the greatest players in the early Dodger history, the Jackie Robinson, Brooks, uh, Duke Snyder, Roy Campanella, Gil Hodges is the next guy in line. And you could probably argue that he's third behind Jackie and Duke. And Gil Hodges was an incredible player who unfortunately kind of got caught up in the Dodgers moving to L.A. thing. And near the end of his career, he played in that Elizabeth with the L.A. Dodgers. And you didn't like the people in the East Coast didn't see him as much. So he didn't become what like Duke Snyder was, you know, the old Willie Mickey and the Duke thing. Um, Gil Hodges didn't have that opportunity. The first time I was learned of Gil Hodges was back in the late 80s when uh, ESPN bought the rights to the old TV show Home Run Derby. And Gil Hodges was on Home Run Derby. And I got to see this guy and like, oh, wow, who is this? And it was one of the things that as a boy and being a baseball guy, that show was originally recorded in 1960. And my father was a big fan of that era of baseball. And he knew those guys. And he was the same age at that time that I was at the time when those shows were being replayed, you know, right at 12, 13, 14 years old. And he would tell me about each of these players. The big ones were Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays. But Gil Hodges was someone that my dad said, I don't understand how he's not in the Hall of Fame. He's as great as any of these other players. And he was. And now, uh, posthumously, he's been inducted he got, this is a guy who was taken away from us, sadly, at age 47. He had a sudden heart attack. It was 1972. Um, his eligibility, his highest percentage of eligibility uh, when he was on the original ballot was 63% in his final year, 1983. It's taken almost 30 years, almost 40 years to get him in. And uh, the Golden Days Era Committee got him in, and I think it's incredible to do that. He's actually one of the guys that I'm trying to get in my memorabilia collection, so hopefully I can get a little help in finding that. Um, Gil Hodges most definitely deserves to be in, and uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. The last guy I'm going to talk about, and if you're a Kansas City guy, you already know who this is. Buck O'Neill. Buck O'Neill is baseball. Now, I had the privilege of getting to meet Buck O'Neill a couple different times and to have a couple conversations with the guy. And he has done so much for the sport of baseball. This is a man who played in the Negro Leagues. He was, he was Satchel Page's uh, roommate. In the, in the Negro Leagues, playing with the Kansas City Athletics. He later went on to be a scout and a manager. 
uh, manager for a number of teams, scout. He's the guy who signed Ernie Banks to the Cubs. Lou Brock to the Cubs. He helped Hank Aaron go from the Indianapolis Clowns to the Milwaukee Braves. This is a guy who, I mean, you looked, there's been no guy, If you, he's sort of, to me, like the Forrest Gump, in a way, of, of baseball. This guy's been in every part of baseball. He's been integral to every part of baseball. And he is now in the Hall of Fame. You know, the last piece of his career was setting up and establishing the Negro Leagues Hall of Fame in Kansas City. And I will tell you right now, if you've never been to that, you are doing yourself a disservice. Go to that Hall of Fame. Take the guided tour. It's incredible to hear the stories. And in many ways, Buck O'Neill was the guy that kept the the history of the Negro Leagues alive. If you go back to the late 80s to Ken Burns baseball, it was Buck O'Neill that kept those stories alive. You know, things like Cool Papa Bell was so fast he could flip the light switch off and be in bed before the lights went out. You know, just stories like that. And again, the guy to me is a legend when it comes to every part of baseball. His legacy is humongous. In Kansas City, they have the Buck O'Neill legacy seat that every day is given to a local member of the community, that seat, who does some work in the community. There's the, you know, the Buck O'Neill um, um, YMCA in Kansas City, Missouri. What he's done with the Negro Leagues Museum and really that whole area at 18th and Vine is because of Buck O'Neill. So I, I'm just so ple- pleased that Buck O'Neill, I was, when I heard he was going to get inducted, I smiled for like two days. So pleased to hear that Buck O'Neill's in. Uh, they had a, you know, had a great speech. And, I, you know, they even, the Hall of Fame, the Lifetime Achievement Award in the Baseball Hall of Fame is named for Buck O'Neill. So I think it's so great that he finally gets his flowers, finally gets into the Hall of Fame as a, as a contributor to baseball, because I don't know that anyone in the history of the game has contributed as much to the history of the game as Buck O'Neill. Last little shout out here is um, our last sponsor I want to talk about is DoorDash. I know a lot of folks out there have had DoorDash. They've got the DoorDash app. You got everything. It's a great way to, you know, you get tired of cooking sometimes. Maybe you're traveling like I am and you just say, hey, I just, I'm traveling. I don't want to, I don't want to go to the restaurant. I just want to get in my room and relax. Or you're at home and you just say, damn, I, I don't want to cook tonight. DoorDash has got you back. Right now, use our link in the show notes. Sign up for a new DoorDash account, and you're going to get three $10 off, three orders in a row, take $10 off. There won't be $30 for one. It'll be 10 for each of your first three orders. Now, I know some of you are going to say, but hey, Coach Bo, I've already got a DoorDash account. It does not apply to those former accounts. So know what you do. Here's the gimmick. New phone number, new email address, one or the other. Get it done that way. And get your $10 off for your first three orders on DoorDash. And remember to use the link in the show notes to get that, that discount. We thank DoorDash for helping sponsor and keeping this, uh, keeping this podcast going. 
Hey, that's going to be it for me today. I'm going to just do a quick one. Wanted to go over the Hall of Fame. Wanted to go over, you know, kind of my thoughts on each of the Hall of Famers. And now uh, we're going to jump up out of here. Again, stay tuned for Friday's podcast. It should be fun. It's going to be myself, Ellen, and Uncle Rico will be coming in. We're going to be recording that later in the week here in here in lovely Denver. And it uh, should be a lot of fun. So give us a shout and uh, get, tell your friends. Don't forget to rate us, review us. Give us five stars. We appreciate every five-star review. I want to say thank you to Tyler Jones and everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes, especially this week while I'm traveling. It's a real big help. So thank you. Tyler, I appreciate it. By the way, if you haven't seen my main man, Tyler Jones, the, the godfather of the Studio Soapbox Network, he just did a big call with ESPN, his first ESPN play-by-play job. So shout out to him. And uh, we'll hopefully we'll see some more big stuff from him. Also, follow him on Twitter at, uh, at Tyler Jones Radio. He's a great follow, and I think someone you should be checking in on. Don't forget to rate us and review us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get those podcasts. We appreciate every five-star review. Until Friday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. And if you're in Kansas, don't forget August the 2nd to vote no. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Take care.